treat your customers how you want to be treated because at the end of the day, they will come back. And, and then on top of that, if you treat them right, the reviews matter a lot. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest Ecommerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And today, I'm welcoming the show Michael Wynn. He's the founder and visionary behind Fire and Brilliance. He also serves as the enthusiastic host of Geminar, where he imparts his knowledge on all aspects of jewelry. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, mentioned you are the founder of Fire and Brilliance, but didn't really talk about the brand too much. What are the products you guys are currently selling on your website? Well, Fire and Brilliance, what we do is we focus on fine jewelry, but with the emphasis of lab-grown gemstones. So lab-created moissanite, lab-grown diamonds, lab-grown rubies, sapphires, you name it, we have it. That said, we also work with natural diamonds, and we do focus on creating unique custom pieces as well. So, um, you know, the way we started was really primarily focusing on Moissanite, which is a lab created gemstone. I'm not sure you're too, uh, too familiar with that, but it's, it's, it was originally targeted or marketed as a diamond alternative because of the physical attributes and how beautiful it is without breaking the bank. And then prior, and then after that, what we did was we introduced way more different lab grown gemstones to the mix as well as lab grown diamonds and custom jewelry. So when people reach out to us and they buy from us and they don't like something from the website, they typically just fill out a form. We have in-house designers. We have people that we work with, manufacturers and vendors that we've worked with over the years to make their own unique piece. And that's what many people do these days. They don't typically just like a picture anymore. They like three or four different pictures and they try to create something that's on their own. <laughs> and we can make it happen. Yeah. Well, take take me back in time. Where'd the idea to start this business come from? I would say for... I mean, at least for most people that I do follow online, people that typically take an entrepreneurial path, they have this this internal instinct of wanting to do something on their own. Um, myself, I started my career just like anyone else doing a nine to five. I was actually in the financial services sector and then I eventually worked in the corporate finance field. Uh, I took the typical route, got my bachelor's degree, master's degree and thought, Hey, you know, I'm just going to work for somebody for the rest of my life. Uh, but in all honesty, I was quite miserable. I, I, you know, woke up, didn't want to wake up, didn't want to really go to work. I was kind of miserable. And I, I, you know, the one thing that really just made the change for me is the when I was able to take a look at some of the faces in the corporate office. Um, and I know it's not for everybody, but this is my story. Uh, the lifeless faces and, and, and I just did not want that for myself. And, and the one thing that did stand out too was eventually I, I got to see some of the senior guys and, and the wrinkles on their faces. And I knew one day I'm going to get old and I didn't see that for myself. So I wanted to go out and do something on my own. Now that said, um, the way I started was I've always admired my parents because so my parents, they're, they are immigrants to this country. And, uh, by being an immigrant, 
you know, escaping the Vietnam War, didn't have many opportunities. So one of the one things that they actually had to do, I'm, I'm, if you've ever been to a nail store, you probably know they're Vietnamese. <laughs> the opportunities for the Vietnamese people for some reason during that time was that they they worked in a salon, they did, you know, cut hair and stuff like that. So eventually they, my parents, I saw them working really hard growing up and eventually were able to scrap a few pennies together and open their own store. Uh, and then eventually they had a few more and a few more and a few more. So they built things from the ground up and I saw that growing up and I wanted to do that something on my own. Now, fast forward to many years later, my parents eventually didn't work out. They got a divorce. So my dad started his own jewelry business. And this is many years later. So when I finally had the um, courage to leave that corporate job that I had mentioned earlier, I reached out to him and said, Hey, you know, it's, it sounds like it's a fun thing to do in terms of jewelry. How do I can, can you kind of show me the ropes? So I worked under his wing for about three months. He kind of showed me the ins and outs, what to do, uh, how to run a store, those type of things. So my sister and I eventually had a partnership to open our own brick and mortar jewelry store together. Um, and for many people that are listening out there that starting their entrepreneurs, um, set up or journey, you may want to consider your partnerships because sometimes family partnerships don't work out. So long story short, my sister and I eventually decided, Hey, you know, we're, we're just gonna, we had different business philosophies. So I ended up leaving the store to her and I left with a bag of some inventory that we accumulated together. And that's how that's, I, I was on my own again, basically. And then at that point, I was talking to my wife at the time, uh, my wife, my girlfriend at the time, my wife now. And I was like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Um, we have some jewelry. I've, I, I've been in this business now for a couple of years. I've accumulated a lot of knowledge, but do I really want to open another brick and mortar, stand there all day, have customers come in, uh, window shop, and then maybe buy, maybe not buy, or, Let's just try to list these online and see what happens, right? So I had an iPhone. Um, I took a few pictures of the inventory, listed it on different platforms, um, you know, eBay, Etsy, whatever at the time. At the time, we only were able to sell maybe one or two pieces per month. Matter of fact, it was such a struggle that I had a, <laughs> I actually had a, um, a hookup for, um, video games, right? So I, I would, I would actually list some video games on Craigslist and meet some strangers on the side to make some extra cash. Um, but over time, my eBay and Etsy stores actually became more and more popular. I got better reviews. If you know anything about selling online, reviews matter. Uh, reviews, feedbacks, star ratings. Uh, eventually, I got that going. And we were able to start selling way more items, anywhere between 10 to 20, 30 to 50 items per month. And that's when I talked to my wife and I was like, Hey, I think we've got something going on here. I think what we can do is maybe start our own, you know, real e-commerce business. But before doing that, I wanted to make sure that I didn't only know about jewelry through experience, but actually know about jewelry through education. So I want to, um, I'm not sure if you ever heard of uh, the school called the Gemological Institute of America, which is uh, you know, short for GIA. It's kind of like the top jewelry school where they teach you everything under the sun about jewelry. And so I, I, I went and I, I went to GIA for about 
what was it? Four months. I took a CAD course, which is design. And then I took another course to learn about diamonds. And that's when I came back and I told my wife, okay, I think what we need to do is go all in. So what I, what I meant by going all in, I told my wife, who was really kind of supporting me at the time, uh, to quit her job and to go in with me. And then we also decided to sell our house. Okay. Uh, we sold our house to buy because I did not want to get a lease and start hiring people and then be stuck with the lease. And we had these two units that we were eyeballing uh, in the city we were living in at the time to basically, if all fails, then at least we were not stuck with a five to 10 year lease. So we bought those two units by the equity from our home. And then that's when we started hiring our first employee, second employee, third. Um, and then, you know, we built a team to do sales, marketing, design, as well as a bench jeweler for any services, because it got to the point where it became busy enough where the customers that purchase from you now are coming back. They're coming back. They're saying, hey, I need this repaired. I need uh, I would like to upgrade in the, in the work. So you need that kind of a, a team in the background. So uh, so long story short, uh, you know, to circle back to to what to, to your original question, how did it start and where uh, where did it end? Um, you know, that's that's pretty much how I got everything going. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. Hey, everybody. Today's podcast is brought to you by IntelliGems, the ultimate profit optimization tool for Shopify merchants. I'm telling you this. Obviously, you know I own an agency. We use IntelliGems when we're running split testing and CRO stuff for all of our clients. Are you looking to maximize your profits? IntelliGems offers data-driven solutions to optimize your content, prices, discounts, and shipping rates. Join over 500 happy clients who have seen significant improvements. With IntelliGems, you gain control over your e-commerce economics, boosting your profit per visitor by an astonishing 36%. But that's not all. IntelliGems users report a 54.62 increase in revenue per visitor and a remarkable rise in conversion rates. How does IntelliGems do it? Through a suite of tools that allows you to A-B test everything on your Shopify store, from landing pages to product prices and shipping rates. Imagine testing new layouts, offers, even a new Shopify theme with ease. We're testing a new landing page for our client on a new theme versus an old landing page on their old theme right now. IntelliGems empowers you to find the perfect price point for your products and optimize your shipping strategy. But there's more. Boost your average order value with customized campaign offers and discover if your customers prefer free shipping or a lower list price. With over $100 million in incremental profit generated, they have over 1.5 billion transactions ran through their software. They have over 400 million shoppers that have gone through their test. IntelliGems is not a tool, it's a game changer for your business. 
Are you ready to transform your Shopify store's profitability? Book a demo today at intelligems.io. Empower your brand to reach new heights. Again, that's intelligems.io. Intelligems, giving superpowers to your customer acquisition, retention, and overall profitability. How long were you selling on these marketplaces and building up that those reviews and learning from your customers and getting that feedback? How long were you doing that before you decided to build your own .com? That's a great question. I was doing that for about two years. Um, two years. And that was a great um, learning journey for me because when you sell online, it's a different animal than selling in person. When you sell in person, people are less likely to tell you how they feel because when you're selling online, they're just typing away. When you're selling a person, there's some kind of a common courtesy, right? <laughs> um, so that they won't, if they're upset with something, at least they'll still give you that common courtesy since you're in front of them. But when someone is upset uh, about something and they, they will just kind of spill the beans at you. And you're like, when you're reading that message, you don't know how they really feel. You have to kind of decipher it and say, Hey, do they really feel this way? Are they just really, uh, direct with their words or whatnot? So you have to have many forms of communication. You have to have a phone. You have to have a email. You have to have a, um, you know, a way of communicating. So I think that learning curve was extremely important the first two years. The other thing too, uh, that I would say is extremely critical is to understand that treat your customers how you want to be treated because at the end of the day, they will come back. And, and then on top of that, if you treat them right, the reviews matter a lot. Uh, the reviews are your permanent reputation online as a business owner. So a, a positive review that is left today may make maybe hundreds of sales that you'll never know about because that person or the multiple people that eventually buy from you may have read that one review. That's the one left five years ago. So to answer your question, it took me two years and I finally realized, Hey, you know, these platforms, they do take quite a bit of commissions. And I feel like I am developed enough now in my learn in my journey of, of all this experience to to open my own Shopify store. And that's when I, you know, kind of went over with my wife. I'm like, hey, let's just do this and figure this thing out. And that's when we launched our own Shopify store. And I, I love Shopify. I was preaching it to <laughs> to so many people. It was just so user friendly because prior to Shopify, um, just to let you know, I did try to hire someone to build my own website. But Oh man, it, it just did not have that same look, the same feel. It wasn't as user friendly. And to be honest with you, I'm not very technical on that side of things. I, I don't know the code. I don't know the HTML. I, I don't know any of that. So when I learned about Shopify, everything was already pre-made, pre-done for you. You just need to know the basics. You got to maybe hire someone to take nice pictures. Uh, and maybe you have to learn about advertising. But other than that, Shopify was just such so user friendly that Matter of fact, I was able to recruit a lot of people to use um, Shopify as well. And one of my vendors that was working on other platforms where they create some very specific jewelry products, I was able to, I, I want to believe I was one of the reasons why they actually jumped on programming for Shopify as well for, for the jewelry business. So yeah, we're definitely Shopify uh, fanboys and girls over here. I actually am 
depending on when this comes out, Shopify might be sponsoring this episode, to be honest. Uh, they were a sponsor during Q4. Um, but Michael, so you talked about how uh, the marketplaces were taking a commission, but it's because they're bringing the customer to you, right? So now Correct. you're building this new thing on Shopify, but unfortunately, it's not bringing you any customers. So how did you guys tackle the issue of getting eyes on this new platform and and actually and build your sales where there is no traffic? That's a great question. So so I, I break it into two different sections. One is organic and one is advertising, right? Um, I remember I was going through a pivotal crossroads where we were getting customers, but we weren't getting enough to where I was feeling comfortable hiring more people. So my brother-in-law, my, my wife's brother, he he's actually really into electronics. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this uh, YouTuber. His name is Marquis Brownlee. And he, he has a big following and all he does is reviews. He does reviews of electronics, the latest gadgets and all that. And then I was just talking to my brother-in-law. He's like, oh yeah, I follow this one guy. That gave me an idea. I'm like, wait a minute. I sell jewelry. I went to GIA. I understand jewelry. Why won't I create my own channel? I called it the Geminar. And all I did was talk about jewelry. So from that moment, I didn't realize how great of a decision that was because this was back in 2017 when YouTube was didn't have as much competition just yet. So there were a lot of eyeballs, especially for the product that I am selling. And I was selling that many people were looking for, but there just was not enough information about it. Uh, because lab created, and I'm not sure if you're too familiar with lab created jewelry, which is very popular now, but about even five to 10 years ago, it was not that popular and there wasn't much information about it at all. So I would say I was one of the first pioneers on YouTube to talk about it. And it brought a lot of eyeballs in. And that's when we started generating some revenue. And I, I thought to myself, well, how do I increase it some more? So I started going through Google ads. Um, 2016 was, you know, the way in the beginning of Facebook ads. I, I dabbled in that and Oh my God. I mean, compared to where it is now, the Facebook ads is way more expensive now. But during that time, although um, it was a headache to try to get it to work, cause I'm not too sure if you're familiar with it, it was very glitchy in the beginning. Um, you'll spend an hour trying to set up an ad and then it'll just crash on you. <laughs> then you have to do it again. <laughs> then you have to do it again. But. The ROI on Facebook ads back in 2016 and 17 was phenomenal. I wish those days were still here, but you know, uh, everyone knows about it now. So everyone still works on uh, Facebook ads and they just have to pay a premium now. Um, so I did that. We're on all the platforms, you know, Pinterest, uh, now TikTok. So we're on many different platforms to get the eyeballs. Uh, from an organic standpoint, uh, as well as advertising standpoint. So we do have. A few people on our team that creates um, the content and the ads, as well as the pictures and videos for our ad campaigns. So to answer your question, we 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 try to get eyeballs organically as well as through the um, ad route, because you know as well as I do on social media now, they, I mean, the reach unless something goes viral, you almost have to pay for an ad to actually get that attention. Obviously, it's a completely different world 2023 versus when you started your YouTube channel. But how long were you working on your channel before you started to see results? Not very long. Not very long, actually. Um, and I think it was because, you know, they say that the 
the the riches are in the niches. And what I was selling was so niche and what people really wanted to learn more about. And there wasn't anyone talking about it. So, so my channel really, I mean, it, I wouldn't say there, there are many subscribers and we have about 30,000 subscribers, but for a small YouTube channel that sometimes the riches are in the niches because I was talking about something that people wanted to know about and they could not find the information anywhere else. Uh, there was definitely information, but during that time, people were just blogging, right? Uh, there might be an article here or there on a specific website that you might be able to find, but no one was vocally talking about it because if you know anything about the jewelry business, the issue with it is that there were so many people that were doubting lab-created gemstones. They're just saying, oh, that's fake. So why would I talk about it? And even for the jewelers that actually wanted to talk about it, they might have been embarrassed to talk about it because they don't want to be that black sheep or that person that's willing to step out to talk about something that uh, the jewelry industry might have been, you know, they might have frowned upon it. So, um, so because I was able to actually step out and talk about it, I was able to get many eyeballs. Yeah. And that wasn't something that wasn't not an intention that I wanted to do. I just, I just wanted to talk about it. It was just, it was really by pure accident. And, um, and that's how I got many eyeballs to know more about fire and brilliance. Absolutely. I think that if you can, if your business and brand has an educational component to it, YouTube or a blog or a podcast as educational content is the number one way to get that top of the funnel awareness built. Uh, right. Some people just don't want to put in the work. <laughs> And that's true. Uh, well, that might be true. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what other people are thinking. That's pretty much what I was doing. And when I found out that it was working, I spent a lot more time onto it. I eventually hired two media people to help me out. So two to three times a week, I was filming. Uh, we eventually bought some equipment off of Amazon, setting up lights, cameras, and all that. And it was very abnormal for me, anyway. You know, I'm not. I wasn't a type that was very comfortable talking in front of a camera. Uh, but over time, it got easier writing a script, remembering their script. And on top of that, when you do it every day, it becomes very natural. So yeah, yeah, I can I can feel that. I'm, this, what is, this is your it'll be five years in January. Uh, I've been doing the podcast and talking in front of a camera. At this point, it is kind of second nature. But oh, man, I, I won't even listen to the first couple of episodes. It's right. it's kind of a I'm a different host now. Yeah. Um, so you're getting all these organic views from uh, from YouTube, and you're bringing them into the funnel. Then you're retargeting them with paid ads, and I'm assuming that you're also capturing their emails and, and and reaching out that way as well. That's right. Yeah, we do also have an email marketing campaign. We have tens of thousands of emails uh, over the years. Um, so we 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 target that way. We also do um, you know again with the ads, it just retargets back to their the people that's already visited our websites. Um, we also work by phone quite a bit. So still very traditional as well. We use many different avenues. So the, the, the way we try to capture our audience, um, and our clients is by allowing them to have multiple communication channels. Everyone is comfortable with communicating differently. Right. So if you're from a different age group, you may be more comfortable with the phones. Uh, if you're from a different age group, you might be more comfortable with social media. Uh, some people just like to get on the chat and send about two, 
two two messages to see you know what you have on your website that's it and they kind of disappear and you never hear from them again uh but we we do capture um the information quite a bit and that we we retarget that way uh we've been very successful at it uh i would say the the one thing that is maybe a, a little more challenging these days is that the jewelry industry has caught on and now i would say Everyone sells lab created gemstones. It's no longer a taboo, right? Uh, so there's a lot more competition now. Uh, there's a, and not only in the jewelry business, but competition just to get more attention. I mean, everyone is making content now. Uh, and many people are willing to go above and beyond, if you know what I mean, <laughs> to, to grab, to make something viral. So, so that attention, uh, is a lot harder to grab these days. Uh, but, but then what we do here at Fire and Brilliance is that we stick to our core beliefs. Uh, we work with lab-created gemstones. We work with lab-grown gemstones on fine jewelry. We're talking about real gold, platinum, palladium, uh, sometimes silver, and also natural diamonds, uh, custom jewelry with professionals, and we work with only the best, right? So when our customers receive their jewelry, they're just blown away, especially with the prices that they could get it for. So they they love us. They come back all the time. We have some customers, and, and we're talking about pieces that range anywhere between, I mean, it's very rare when we sell for anything less than $1,000, right? So our, our range will go anywhere between 1000 to you know to $10,000, right? And we've had customers that bought multiple pieces from us. And, and I'm, I've always preached this. I mean, if, if, if someone is willing to spend that much money with you, that means they, there's a level of trust that you must have created in the community for them to actually some random stranger. I mean, we're talking about selling online. So people from Australia is buying from us, right? And they've never seen us, but they might have seen my, one of my YouTube videos or they might have seen one of the reviews that someone left three years ago, or they might have seen one of the social media posts of a beautiful ring that we made. Right. So it's you just never know where they're coming from. So you kind of just kind of cast your net. But um, and then the other thing, too, that I love about this business is I've always told my staff that we are in the business of celebration. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. People buy jewelry, not because they're sad. Well, maybe. But people buy jewelry because they're trying to celebrate a birthday, an engagement, a proposal, you know, an anniversary. And um, we're just happy to be a part of that. That's amazing, Michael. You've talked so much about how much you care about the product and how much education that you have about it and how much you're putting out there to help people learn. If someone out there wants to learn more about the jewelry, where should they go? Uh, they should go to fireandbrilliance.com. And if they want to learn about anything jewelry just to learn, then they go up to my YouTube channel. Uh, it's under Fire and Brilliance under a segment. It's called The Gemini. Awesome, Michael. Just like a seminar, but The Gemini. <laughs> oh, no, I love it. Trust me, I love it. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Of course. Thanks for having me, Chase. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.